welcome to yet another episode of the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. This is a show where I, Ellie, MD of Transition Partners and the CEO, Sandra, talk to some of the world's highest achieving business and tech leaders. In each episode, we will be sharing tales, tips, techniques and war stories in the hope that you will learn from some of these amazing leaders to help you develop and progress your career. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. So this week, we've got a lovely guest on. We've got Sam Perridge, who's head of consultancy at Scott Logic. So Scott Logic are a client that we've been working really closely with lately that are doing some very exciting things. They design and build software that transforms the performance of some of the world's most biggest and most demanding organizations. So we can't wait to have Sam on the podcast today and find out more about his role, his leadership style, and all the exciting things that he's up to at Scott Logic. Hello, Sam. Hello. Thank Hi. you for having me. <laughs> great to have you on board. We've been talking about this, I think, since the back end of last year. So um, it's fantastic to um, to have you on the show. And um, I know we've got some um, great, um, exciting new projects to discuss that I think um, particularly um, all our, you know, the tech community and particularly the northern um, community will be really excited and interested in hearing more about, which um, we'll, uh, we'll leave for a little bit later on. So um, just to start with, then it'd be really good to hear more about how you got into tech um, and a little bit about your journey, um, particularly at Scott Logic, and how you kind of, you know, got to to head of consulting and, and where you are today. Yeah, great question. Um, I guess traditional route, really. I was one of those ones that tinkered around with a computer from fairly early. Um, I remember getting an Amstrad. I think was the very first computer I had, and mm-hmm. was fascinated by it. Um, it actually connected up to a tape drive to to sort of play programs, and and that was a really interesting thing for me trying to work out how all that worked. Um, that led into doing computing at college and university. Mm-hmm. I actually went to Imperial down in London, um, which great experience, you know, going to experience a big city. Um, very strangely, while I was at university, I think when you go to London, you have two choices. One is uh, work and have a social life. And the other one is don't work and don't have a social life. It's your <laughs> choice, really. Um, so I ended up working in a local pub there. Um and actually continued that. It was a great summer job to have as well, you know, staying down in London, great thing. That for some beer. Fa- yeah, exactly. <laughs> being paid in beer tokens was great. Um, <laughs> through a very strange series of events, that led to me um, deciding to run a pub with a couple of friends from London oh. for a year. Um, so we actually took over a pub in the northeast of England. Um, I'd never oh. been to the northeast before. Um, they, the two friends were from up here. And they said, why don't you come up and we'll run a pub for a bit? A very strange way to come up to the northeast of England. Uh, it was great time, great fun. Very strange thing to do from tech to... Very, very strange thing. So yeah. And you're still up in the northeast today, which is amazing. It's so funny that a pub brought you up there. Yeah, I think I found a home. You know, you, you move yeah. into an area and there's just some places that you think, yeah, I really like this. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love London. loved Hereford, mm-hmm. where I was from. My family are all from Leicester, which I love. But actually, just the northeast seemed to really fit and loved it. Um, after the pub, I looked for a, a tech job. I'd done done a few things in between. I'd done some contracting and a few various bits and pieces. Um, looked for a tech job and ended up at an engineering firm up here, actually. Really interesting firm, um, consultant engineers. Learned a lot about consultancy from that firm, actually. But also, um, I think it was one of the most important roles that I think I've had. I, I always say to people that I think working behind a bar is a really good thing because it helps you understand how to interact with people. And I think that's yeah. a really good experience. Yeah. Um, 
but then actually going to the firm that I worked at, I was in one of those kind of roles where I was brought in as developer, you know, and I was one of the first developers within the department, but was part of a wider IT department where we all helped each other out. And it, it really helped me understand um, infrastructure, networking, software development, but the wider business piece as well. Um, that was a great experience. I then moved on from there, was looking for a new role. Um, and that was when I found Scott Logic. It was um, just a fortunate sort of accident almost at the time because Scott Logic was very small. I think there were maybe 40, 50 people. I honestly can't remember. Um, mm-hmm. And that was split between Newcastle and Edinburgh at the time. Uh, I joined in the Newcastle office, a, a very, very small, intimate office. You know, you could literally see everybody, um, <laughs> Gary, our um sort of owner founder used to sit on the floor with everybody we'd all go for you know a beer on a friday night or out for lunch together the sort of family experience and that was 10 years ago and i'm still here now i started as a developer um now just working on projects i i still remember my my first day walking in and uh, somebody going by the way you've never done much javascript before have you i went nope and they went great you're going on to a javascript project get learning um which is a great experience um you know learning from some amazing that's the great thing about consultancies though as well isn't it it's that it's so varied and you get to learn so many different technologies and skills yeah i think that is one of the one of the things that really kept me around for so long is every project was slightly different and yeah. that's not to say that if you do have a technical leaning you know you can focus a bit more on developing deep tech in one area if you prefer yeah. but at the same stage if you want to be broad and want to do lots of things so I've done uh, a JavaScript project was one of my first things actually specialized quite a bit in front-end technology which I really liked but then I'm a .NET developer I'm a Java developer I'm a Power BI person um, I, I just like oh. the idea that I can sort of throw myself at lots of different problems yeah. not that I'm allowed to anymore um, unfortunately head of consultancy they uh, they laugh whenever I say I want to get near the code these days <laughs> yeah. so I guess that's 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 it really I mean you can imagine the story of um various different projects uh, I got a bit of a reputation for doing the weird and wonderful I think um, there was a lot of projects <laughs> that sort of came up that were maybe new business areas or perhaps required a bit more travel or these kind of things which because we don't as a, as a general rule we don't travel that much as a consultancy but um, I spent probably nearly three months of my life out in California at one point in time oh, wow. and, uh, a lot of time in Copenhagen with clients now in the Scandic Nordic sort of region which was really great um, and brokers into some new areas like energy trading that we hadn't done before. Did a, a flagship project there that was really great, um, and sort of built up through the organisation. Became a principal consultant um, in the organisation, our first one, if I remember correctly. Um, that actually was a quite a funny story in that uh, when my boss at the time, Rob, sent out the email to announce uh, the new position, he used the wrong principal. Um, and the number of people that came back with uh, rather amusing emails along the lines of Sam's got no principles, that's the wrong one kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> story. Um, but yeah, then um, did that for a few years and was asked if I would go down and help sort of build our London office. We've got a small footing in London, we're starting a dev centre um Gary himself actually had hired the first few people in London who were mm-hmm. amazing people um James Dunkley who joined us as one of the first people I think the technical people is one of the, the smartest people I've ever met um he's still there uh, was fundamental in growing the office too but the, mm-hmm. sort of together we we paired up and really grew London from I think it was five or six consultants when I mm-hmm. moved out there up to perhaps 60 I think when I left something like that so I did that for a couple of years just to help out 
um, mm-hmm. and then was lucky enough to have a role across cloud for a little while within the business, heading up our sort of cloud adoption because we were um, really sort of putting a drive into helping our clients move to the cloud um, and actually got back to doing some technical roles, which was good for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then was asked if I would take over the Newcastle office and grow Newcastle and now as well Leeds, which is going to be really fantastic. Exciting. That's so exciting. so exciting! Really excited about Leeds, and um, I know. Welcome to, to our stomping ground. Yeah, <laughs> thank great you. To have a chat about that in more more detail soon. Um, fantastic. So, um, you've obviously you know been been with Scott Lodge for ten years. You said you've progressed through and through. Um, what is it that you? What do you feel gave you? What what do you think was it something that you think that you did specifically, or just the the company, the opportunities arose that that allowed you to progress, um, you know, and continue climbing up that career ladder? Because I think it's always interesting. There are a lot of the listeners and viewers we get are like you know looking up to um, to develop their careers, and um, so if there's any like kind of tips that you can. I think as well, just to add to that point, quite often people find that the only way to step up is by moving away, moving out and going joining another company. So the yeah, fact that you and obviously so quickly, you, yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's really, really good point. Around that would be really good. Yeah, I, I think that's about finding the right company. And if I'm really yeah. honest, I think it's more about finding the right place. Um, as I say, I stumbled into Scott Logic. I, I had the experience of consultancy um, from being in an IT department in a consultancy and, and mm. so knew about consultancy and thought that could be a good angle um, but I did stumble into it rather than it being a, a sort of definite place I wanted to go but it was a great place to stumble into because we as a company we really support people's growth but I think there's a really important angle that sometimes people forget which is a lot of the time people are working in an organization where they're a, a service to the business they sit alongside the business and um, there are a fixed number of roles within the organization, even in a product company where, you know, IT is key. Most product mm-hmm. companies aren't product companies. They're technology companies that build a product. Um, but still, you have a fixed organizational structure where there's only four leads or there's only, you know, six seniors or whatever that happens to be. That's very different in a consultancy in that, you know, my goal almost is to make all of my consultants as senior as possible because that makes them more valuable. Um, it, it improves them. So it's a, it's one of those brilliant things and it's great for the organization to grow the people but it's also great for the people um so that that i think is the one thing that was really key is finding the right organization and then then it comes down to some of the things that are really obvious like i think if you work hard and you you bring um your, your sort of yourself to work and you really put yourself into the work that you're doing and you really sort of um, value the opportunities that you get and you show that in the way that you respond and you you actually give your whole self over and and try your hardest at certain things I think that's really important um, I think as well being the sort of person that says yes to things I think is quite important um, I, I often say to some people that there's a lot of people that when something comes forwards they go yes and then find the reasons that they perhaps should have said no and there are some people that say no and then find the reasons they should have said yes and I think if you're the sort of person that says yes to opportunities when they're offered to you you're much more likely to progress in your career. Fantastic. Fantastic um, so and how many you're now your head of consultancy now um and offices wise um do you want to just give us a quick overview of how many offices and then it'd be good to understand what size of team what remit um your role is and then i think kelly might go into some specific leadership questions yeah so um at the moment the company as a whole we've got um 
think it's just over 350 consultants. Like I can never remember the numbers. People always ask me the numbers and I forget. Them. <laughs> um, and we've got five offices now. So, um, sorry, six offices. So Copenhagen, Newcastle, Edinburgh, um, Bristol, London, Leeds, um, Leeds being the newest. So my remit at the moment is over Newcastle and the Leeds office. So we're just setting up Leeds. So Leeds is a, um, a growing entity. Um, in fact, I'm just just hoping to be able to announce very soon where the office is actually going to be. I was going to say, oh. I was going to ask if that had been started yet or <laughs> it's signed on the dotted line. Hasn't quite. Oh. Um, we really, really would have hoped that that was sorted by now. But um, this uh, unfortunate thing of being in lockdown has meant that some of that slowed down a little bit but um, I know we could have got the big scoop then the big exclusive couldn't we we'll have to do it again another time <laughs> when, when we stop recording I'll give you the exclusive <laughs> um, but yeah in terms of people so as I say across the across the whole business around 350 people and mm-hmm. you know um something around those numbers um the Newcastle office which is um, where I'm focusing at the moment we've got about 130 140 consultants um, wow. again I'm, I'm terrible at remembering the number because it grows mm. with the, like, yeah the yeah of course it does yeah and are the same plans to like sort of duplicate that in Leeds then similar numbers there's lots of growth opportunity there for you yeah I think um we've we're passionate about growing things in the right way. So we don't yeah. just bring people in. We're really focused on quality and, and finding um, the, the great people that we can. And we're, we're sort of not ashamed to say that we are looking for that sort of top five, 10 percent of technology. Yeah. We really want to build that that group of really um, smart, passionate technologists that want to work together. And so mm-hmm. that does mean that I can't go in and say I want to grow a, a Leeds office to 200 people tomorrow because we need to do that in the right way. And we really do focus yeah. on the quality that we're bringing in. Um, but yeah de- definite big growth plans um, but gotta, gotta get there in the right way yeah very exciting very exciting what does uh, what does great leadership look like to you yeah th- this this question um, it comes up a lot and I find it really hard to answer because I I you know, a lot of people say you know what's your leadership style and what's great leadership and um, I just think it comes down to being really open and honest with people I think is one of the really um keys to that so if people aren't doing well you need to be honest with them but when people are you need to remember to tell them they're doing well um and and sort of be honest of what you want out of people as well um too often we forget to set clear goals for people and particularly um as people get more senior i think we don't sort of sit down and say right this is what i need out of you and this is where i want you to get and and so having that open and honest conversation um and also then releasing control I think is a really important thing I, I think a leader should be leading they shouldn't be directing and I think um or managing I think the the sort of mm-hmm. terrible term that some people think of but you should be out there sort of leading people that means that you need them also to be leading their people which means that they need to be empowered to do that so handing out that power to people I think is quite important um and just being there for people treating people as individuals recognizing that we're not dealing with cogs in a machine they're humans um and understanding that everybody's going to be slightly different and and embracing that and bringing that into the workplace i think is really important to me yeah um yeah. which which leaders have like left a big the biggest impression on you in your journey then as well it'd be interesting to think talk about someone that's made a big impact in your career today oh that's a really mean question because then you <laughs> want me to pick between lots of different people <laughs> Um, you can say a couple. You can shout out to multiple. Like, you can what? say a couple, but yeah. no more than three. We're going to limit no, you. No more than three. Okay. <laughs> um, did, 
in some ways, I think part of the thing that I would say is since joining Scott Logic, I don't think there has been a bad leader um, that I've worked with in the organisation, which is a, a real privilege to say that. Um, yeah. I think that's testament to the fact that we focus on that quality all the way up the organisation. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked for a, a very long time um, for somebody called Rob Newsom, um, who was a fantastic leader um, and really sort of helped me get where I am. Um, I can't not mention Gary, Gary Scott, who's our founder, um, an amazing person who mm-hmm. has built an amazing place to work. I can't, can't say it enough. I think, you know, testament to the fact that we've got people that have stayed around for years and years in the organization. Um, and actually, Nigel, who's um, our general manager at the moment, and I know yeah. you two know well. In fact, Nigel. <laughs> yeah. So lovely. Um, Join the business. I, I always go and say a couple of years ago, but I'm sure it's about five or six years ago now, quite a long time. Um, mm. And made real positive impact into the way that we sort of focus on people and, and drive things forwards. Um, there are so many more. There's, uh, you know, people like Graham, um, Colin, various people, Marilyn, who's our HR director, amazing people. But you said I'm only allowed to say three, so I didn't say that. We might as well just say everyone at Scott Logic. I've probably done what I always do in these situations. I always say I'm not going to list people. I then start listing them, but then I miss a couple out, and I'll probably have some complaints uh, after this. Saying, Why well, we'll mention- just say everyone at everyone. Scott Logic. Yeah. Everyone at Scott Logic played, played a good impact on your leadership journey so far, which is fantastic. So good to hear. I'd love to know then, like, about your involvement in the community, in the tech community, what that looks like to you and, and your plans moving forward for that, because it's such a crucial part of leaving really a positive is. impact on the tech ecosystem. And I think yeah. it'd be good to hear. I think it's a, a real developing thing. Well, not developing, but I suppose developed over the last few years. I, mm-hmm. I, I really recognise that when I first sort of came into technology community wasn't a big thing um yeah. and I, I think it's that old stereotype isn't it of the sort of techie sat in the corner you know um yeah. you look back at the it crowd for example it's that sort of <laughs> it room that people are almost scared of and the even more deeper server room that somebody sat in um but certainly coming out into the light and i think that that comes from the fact that technology is expanding isn't it so um you couldn't have a small it department of five people in a big organization these days you know that it is at the heart of everything that we did that didn't interact or speak to each other <laughs> yeah and it just wouldn't work you know that 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 just isn't the way um my personal impact into the community i tend to be more of an attendee than anything else if i'm mm. really honest um i don't get out and speak a lot um i'm not one of those people um it's for no other reason than just personally um it's just not something that appeals to me i i, I can go and do it occasionally but it's just not something that i'm passionate yeah. about but we really do build passionate speakers in Scott Logic. We've got some great people. Um, Colin, who I mentioned there, our technology director. Yeah. Chris Price, who's one of our best front end uh, people. Mark Joes, who in Newcastle. Um, but then with that, we want to really support the communities that we're in. And as I say, I like attending, um, which is means that we need the community to be there. So um, in the Newcastle sort of area, we've got things like um, Agile Northeast that's been going for years that we're um, like an active sponsor of. Um, I think we've just given them a Nintendo Switch for their lightning talks that are coming up soon and things oh, like cool. that um, as a prize and um, we like to sort of foster new things as well so some of our testers um, were passionate about bringing Leeds Testatilia actually up to Newcastle and seeing what they could set yeah. up the Geordie version um, so we sort of helped them there and gave them the time and the space mm-hmm. to be able to do that and obviously um, financial impact as well is sometimes useful but that's in some ways the easier one to give it's getting yeah yeah it is actually you're really right it's easier to throw some money at it but that doesn't make it work does it it's the people and the time that goes into it which is really 
what mm. helps the community grow. I'm, I'm actually going to get in a lot of trouble here because I've mentioned all of those and I haven't mentioned any tech, which is one that um, uh, Mark Jones actually was really passionate about setting up a couple of years ago. So Northeast Technology that mainly out of Newcastle, but lots of plans, I think, at some got it around. We just never quite got there. Um, but I think it's up to about 900 members, something like that. Oh, now. Wow. Really, really yeah. great group. Um, I know I've certainly seen your guys doing quite a lot on like LinkedIn and um, a lot of um, talks and events and things like that, which is was one of the things when we started working with you guys that, you know, found really attractive and really kind of, you know, helps get your brand um, and story out there. Um, also, Gary's involved in, I can't remember the name of it, the, um, the didn't, Gary's the one of the founding members of that charity isn't it that um helps yeah. underprivileged kids yes yeah, so the altitude foundation that That's um it. you know gary set up a few years ago um there was some some sort of uh money that came into the business that gary thought would be uh, a great thing to actually do something um back into the community with and um oh. with colin <laughs> Phillips, who runs the the charity it's been going two years now again my timelines are terrible i think particularly after last year my timelines are <laughs> Um, oh time flies god knows what month it is but it's a it's a really good thing to have sort of um they're they're actually based in our newcastle office so they base within our our sort of office at the moment um because we can offer some space um great people to interact with and actually there's a really nice synergy because a lot of our developers are really about giving back and that um sort of social value that we can add back into the community and so they've got a great pool of people when they need some help can you come and help us with this it's obviously not an exclusive scott logic thing we we partner yeah, with people, yeah. loads of people in the northeast to partner with altitude so um newcastle building society do um lots helping them as well and really getting uh-huh. out into the communities and 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 sort of focusing on um sort of underprivileged children and giving them the access into the education that for some people it's just you know you just naturally think that you're going to end up at university but there's some people that would just never even dream of that and how can we change that and and particularly access into stem i think is a, a really important thing i've i've said for years that um too often we hear people talking about diversity as the the sort of number of x category that you have within your business at the moment but that okay. isn't personally what I think we should look at it's the number of people that are there to be hired into your business so if the community of people is 20% one side and 80% the other let's change that balance to 50-50 you know and get back to grassroots to change that um it's great because what altitude's doing is allowing people that haven't even got to that level aren't you you're saying like early years but we're looking beyond that to people that haven't even got the access to begin with to get anywhere near to that step so that's that's yeah, great. so awesome and such a great charity. And yeah, hopefully yeah. it's something that we can get involved in in the future because that was something we're Yeah, so lovely. Yeah. Um, and I think for the, the, those kids as well, it's like it's a confidence thing as well, which I don't think all kind of your mainstream schools, um, you know, can help with as much and, and not because not from want of trying, but they're just under-resourced, aren't they? There's just too yeah. many classes are too big and um, they don't have that access into to tech as... as um, as much as well so um that's lovely um i think what would be interesting to hear more about as well is um certainly um a number of occasions i mean we're, we're, we're middle part way through january nearly into february now and i've noticed that this year there's been um quite a um big sort of agenda for everyone around like kind of remote hiring continuing obviously we've been in um kind of almost in lockdown slash home working on and off for 
almost a year. Not enough, it feels like forever. <laughs> um, oh no, this month's just like makes me feel like it's been another year. It's Even worse so for slow. Sam up in the northeast, they've been it longer than us, haven't they? Yeah. Um, but it'd be really interesting to get your thoughts around like um cont- how we continue um businesses would continue to embed and grow um continue to grow culture um obviously you've talked about some fantastic your fantastic people and meet some amazing things that you guys are doing in the community um be good to understand a little bit more about the culture within Scotlogic but how you plan to kind of I guess tackle that um moving forwards and continuing to instill that particularly when you're hiring new people remotely and you've never met them in in the you know in the flesh um how do you think businesses will be able to tackle that it's a really good question and actually it's something that comes to my mind an awful lot at the moment and i think Mm. it's in i've actually got two different challenges um on my plate at the same stage which i think are the two really interesting ones actually um we have a newcastle office that has been going for you know a long time now has a culture that is brilliant and we want to maintain that but adapt it and embrace a a new normal or the next normal I think somebody said to me the other day which um, I totally agree with because these these normals are probably going to keep changing and and how do we how do we not lose the good bits of the culture but also embrace all the great bits that we can bring out of new culture so um, some examples of that I'd say is um, uh, last year all the way through the year but particularly before Christmas we had sort of a uh, what we called the winter blues task force you know we we all get into that mode running up to Christmas we would normally all be out doing lots of things and we were in lockdown well what can we do to challenge that um, and we put that out to a few people within the business um, actually some of our more junior people not you know, that were just within the organization and said like can you come up with some of these ideas they came up with a fantastic presentation about all the events they wanted to do within the sort of December month it was really great Aww, to see that's cool um, and actually out the back of that, we did some really great things. And all the way through the year, we had like the pub quizzes that everybody had been doing, um, board games nights, things like this. That actually looking back, we we all sort of went, wait there, we, we don't want to get rid of those in the future. So as well as continuing the culture that we've got, that's a lot of office-based culture, we're going to bring in a lot of those virtual things because they're probably a little bit more inclusive at times. You know, you quite often yeah. go to an event after work, perhaps we... I'm remembering back some of the things we did like axe throwing or we've got people that go and do football or we go to escape rooms. Um, But, you know, if you've got to get home to the kids, you can't do those things, but you can dial into a board games night later on in the evening or these kind of things. Um, So I think a lot of that is understanding which bits of the culture you want to keep that you've got now um, and which bits that you can take of the new norm into that culture to make it good. Um, But then the other challenge that's on my plate, um, obviously we talked a lot about leaves. Um, love to hear your thoughts on what we can do to embed culture and leads and how we can get involved in the community but um you know that that's a totally different challenge we have no no culture there yet we need to build that yeah. culture and we need to embrace the fact that all of our offices are very slightly different we love to embrace the the sort of local culture within that area you know london has a very different sort of vibe to newcastle and we want to embrace that and and bring the best of the local area to scott logic and so we need to set up a new culture so that's about 
all those great things are sort of seeding the culture. So making sure that we um, bring some of the best bits of all of our offices to Leeds mm-hmm. um, and show all the good bits. Um, but then understanding the community. So getting out there, getting to the community events that you're talking about, understanding what people care about in the area and getting involved in local charities, getting involved in um, all the great events that are going on and bringing that into us um, is what I think is really important. That's so great. I love the fact that you're quite often, I think, with consultancies as well, that it's the same thing throughout, but by saying about the different regions and that the people are going to be doing like that. And they are, yeah, I really like that yeah. because it's something so simple, but it's just really true. And we I are think, all yeah. a little different region to region. So yeah. why not celebrate that and put all the best parts of it? But I think it's really, I always find it really interesting talking about culture with people from consultancies as well, because it's just never as easy to get the same culture as when you've got people out on client site etc working remotely all on different projects at different times and it it's never quite as easy to to get to get the same culture as you would you say for a software house for example where they're they're all working together on one big product yeah uh, so it's interesting to kind of go into that but I mean you're you've definitely got some amazing things to come community leads we've got a really unique culture um really sort of collaborative really engaging um really community forward community first quite tight knit isn't it in Leeds and it's um and I love the fact that I think when we were talking about your leadership experience and you use the words um open um and honest and transparent I think I can't remember if you used all those words um but I think obviously that's the point that you were getting at and and that's what I how I feel um about the Leeds community um you know we all come together don't we Ali and Knight very welcoming um, yeah really warm yeah it's very friendly I felt that warm, already actually welcoming. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I think so I, I, I think it's lots I think of it's great fantastic. things yeah lots of great things as a city that we can um um, get you involved in and, and lots of introductions um you know there's there's Leeds Digital Festival which is big yeah um, that's already on the agenda yep yeah yeah um so we know Stuart really well um there's women in Leeds Digital and we know the girls at Sarah and, and Deb Heatherington um really well in fact um I think empowering I mentioned... women in tech Natasha there's just so there's and then there's, there's... Few smaller like um smaller things going on as well like Leeds Leeds Front End Meetup, which we sponsor, yeah. which is is um, is fantastic. There's just so many great little initiatives as well, like smaller communities within the wider community. I think I often get asked, like actually from people from Manchester who get a bit jealous of the Leeds Tech community. They're like, yeah, oh, and London, don't we? We've had a few people on the podcast from London and we've, when we've talked about this community question and networking, et cetera, and, um, we've had a few people that have really struggled to get into a network and a community yeah. um, in other areas. So, um, in, in London, the, the, they do have that problem that there's too much. Um, yeah, too and, big. You wouldn't know where to start. Yeah, I don't you? think it's that it's not there. It's like you say, it's too much. And I don't know if it's as as friendly and welcome, as open yeah. as, as it is up, up north. Yeah, the, the classic Goldilocks zone of not, not too small, not too big, just got the right size. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we seem to get that. I th- I think we've we've got a yeah. lot of it right. Obviously, there's still some improvements to make, and but I think the the thing that stands out to me about the Yorkshire tech community, not leave, remember yeah. we Yorkshire, I guess, is the fact that um, people are always willing to give you their time, always yeah. willing to talk to yeah. you and give you their time, no matter like how busy they are. They want to help and and add value to that to that tech community. So I think that that it's it's really exciting that you're coming to Leeds. 
Yeah. Uh, and it shows um, a lot of your values lend itself really well to to the Yorkshire tech community. So I think it's going to be a really great synergy and, and really exciting for you. But yeah, really excited to come and come and invite you guys in and and welcome you to the community because there's going to be some awesome things that we can get you involved in in the future, which is great. Yeah. yeah. And it yeah. feels like there's a lot of synergy between the sort of Leeds community and the Newcastle community. Actually, yeah. I think the, the the sort of northern northern end of the country very very mm-hmm. sort of welcoming. Not saying that other areas aren't, but it is a very welcoming mm-hmm. community. And and like I think that that'll help us a lot in that um, you know we can embrace that. Um, might have to convince uh, Mark whether we can bring any tech down to Leeds at some point. That might be an interesting thing. Yeah, that would be really good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah, no, that'd be interesting. Yeah, and thanks for your insights as well. It's it's great to hear like what there is in the community and all the things that are going on. Because like, um, as I say, new to the area, we've got actually quite a few people that are sort of from the Yorkshire area. So Nigel, our general manager, is from there originally. Mm-hmm. You know, so know, know some of these places to go, but it's always great to get introductions. Thank you for all the ones that you've done already. It's been great. <laughs> no problems. We'll, we'll continue to do it. As we said, we're, everyone's very open and welcoming here. And um, yeah, it's just we just love seeing that community grow um, and always happy to welcome new, you know, new faces and, and things. And um, I think that the local community here is going to be so excited and welcoming to hear what, um, you know that Scott Logic are expanding in, into Leeds, um, which would be fantastic. Cool. So, um, I think what's always really useful for our listeners and viewers to hear as well, particularly in consultancy, um, we, I mean, we work with a number of consultancies, and from a recruitment point of view, the challenge that we come up against is that candidates quite often like as soon as you say use the word consultancy they quite often immediately think of one thing and it's like well I'm going to be here there and everywhere and I know obviously (laughs) yeah I know obviously right now that we're in a different situation but pre-covid post-covid that's the perception isn't it of consultancies um so and, and you've obviously explained that that isn't the case it's Scott Logic and you know you're very kind of you try and avoid um, that your consultants having to um, travel, um, you know, necessarily. And um, and obviously you've got multiple offices. So I guess that prevents that as well, because you can yeah. pick and choose where um, your clients are versus your consultants and align them. Um, so it'd be good, to, I guess, to understand a little bit more about that, like overcoming that objection and, and um, I guess, and in tying in with that, how because of the perception of the market is that working in a consultancy is quite stressful and pressurized and I guess going back to my original point about moving you know the perception is you moving around living out of a suitcase one week to the other how different is that from your view and within Scott Logic and how have you managed any kind of like stress and and your looked after yourself I guess or how does the business help you do that yeah, Sorry, I think we're doing about three or four questions. No, no, <laughs> I think it, it makes a lot of sense. That I, I totally agree. When you say consultancy to people, people think road warrior, pack everything in a suitcase on Monday, come back on Friday. Um, yeah, quite an also, isolated life, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> and I, I also think they imagine that you um, you sort of uh, work long hours, and um, I, I hear these stories, and as much as they are perceptions of consultancy, they sometimes are true you know a lot of consultancies this does apply to that like literally people would turn up at a client site they'll be sat down having lunch with somebody um 
having a chat and then all of a sudden they realize they work for the same consultancy because they've never met before i always mm-hmm. found that just such a weird concept because it's just not the way that um we've ever operated i think one of the things that um we talked quite a lot about internally at one point in time was we hire really smart people um really smart people can understand where they want to live um and and we should embrace that now that's not to say we don't have some people that work for us that come to me and say but actually sam i'd love to travel around you know um we've had engagements where we've had sort of people from newcastle on site in london for a year nearly but they wanted mm-hmm. to do that it wasn't us yeah. saying to them can you do it like i mentioned myself out in california, california um, you know, yeah, yeah. that that was something that i was volunteering to do along with one of my colleagues um I think it's recognizing that that thing that people work where they want to, but it's also the the counter to that is that we're expecting our people to do a good job for our clients. And that's that's at the heart of consultancy. Like a consultancy does well because we're serving our clients well, but at the same stage, we're respecting and and embracing our people and taking them on a journey with us. So that means that if I sort of say to somebody, look, um, you know, at the start of a project, you probably want to go and get some FaceTime with the client because that's the best way for you to start this project off. They go to me. Yeah, yeah, totally agree with you because they're smart people. They understand that. And we sort of mm-hmm. talk about things like um, ceremonies are perhaps a good time to meet up. But that doesn't always need to be us traveling to the client. We really love it when our clients travel and come and meet us because they can then pick up on the culture of our office, the culture of the area, these kind of things. Um, So it's a bit of um, having conversations that are open and honest again, back to that point with our clients to say, this is the way that we operate Um, at the same stage as understanding our consultants to understand which ones would fit on which engagements. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that bit I think is sometimes the bit that's missed out in a larger consultancy because you can't, you can't get down to that level quite so easily. And, and it's something that we've tried to keep within the business, even as we've grown. And it takes a lot of effort to do it, but it's well worth it because you see the returns in people being happy. That's so great. Happy people breed productivity. I I say people, 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 whenever I'm on conversations like this, because it, it, like a consultancy is about people 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 are the heart of a consultancy as well as our clients those those two things but too often I think consultancies see it as clients are the heart of the business and they forget that the people are really important whereas you know it's keeping those in balance and making sure that you know both are first class sort of citizens of the the consultancy world Mm. yeah because at times it's the client put first at the detriment of the staff and the team so it's good to hear that you're kind of managing that really well it's exactly the same as us isn't it in terms of business and the format so it's it's so important that you've got the right people and keep them happy and you're doing right by them but it's just in in total it's just doing the right thing isn't it but it sounds like you're managing the client's expectations from the beginning which is really well rather than leaving it sort of client-led and then the client being like well yeah we need you on site every day 365 do you know what I mean it's kind of it's the other way around, which is which is really great. And it's yeah, I think that's a good point because I found in the past that some consultancies oversell and overcommit their people, and that's when the pressure and the stress can really build up, can't yeah. it? Um, I, I speak a lot on the people side, but I mean, I have to speak out for our clients as well in a, a slight bit. I there isn't a client that we have on our books that I don't love that I've worked with. You know, there's some that I've not worked with, so I can't speak for, but I'd be very certain they're all the same. Um, Mm -hmm. We work with really great people. And the the real thing there is, you know, they want people to do a great job for them. They understand that you embrace people and you give them, give them the space and you give them the room to breathe and to operate and they do a better job. And so, 
you know, we've got some client relationships that have lasted since the day the company started. And and there's not too many consultancies, I don't think, that are quite as proud of the long relationships they've had where the clients really do value that. And there's, mm. there's quite a few of our clients that I count as friends, not just as clients, you know, that, that sort of relationship built. Yeah. So lovely. Yeah. So fantastic. Good stuff. So Obviously, you've got leads on the agenda. What else are you looking forward to this year, personally and professionally? Um, getting back to a good restaurant, uh, I think. is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of people are expecting me to say a good pub, but um, I, I think my, my desire for a pub has sort of gone away a little bit, actually, and it's actually just going out for a nice a meal. With a restaurant. With a restaurant. <laughs> <Gastro pub. laughs> Don't get me wrong, I love cooking. And actually, one of the things that's been amazing this, you know, in the period of lockdown is actually forcing people more to actually cook and, and get back to doing those kind of things. But yeah, a nice restaurant would be really good. Uh, I wonder if we'll ever eat out as much as we used to. I really, really hope we do. I, can't, I, can't wait. I think we'll all have like a, a couple of months when we when we get back to that sort of stage where we're just at every night of the week. Because um, <laughs> um, we need to help out hospitality as well. Yeah, mean, true. Certainly. Yeah. But that's how I'm going to justify going out every night of the week. For, <laughs> Me too, Sam. Me too. Yeah, great. Um, professionally, what am I looking forward to? Um, I, I, as much as I don't want to harp back to Leeds, um, I think it, part of that is Leeds, but part is Newcastle and the whole business as well is meeting the new people that we're going to bring into the business is something that I, I really do love you know every time we bring somebody new in particularly we have large grad intakes um most years it's something that right. we're really passionate about is bringing in those great people and growing them through the business um in fact I think um one of our most senior solution architects who I think I've already mentioned Chris started with us as an intern and Graham who's our mm-hmm. innovation director now started as a graduate so oh, wow. that's awesome. that gives you the kind of progression Amazing. and yeah. you know every time we get a cohort of graduates in in fact which we will be doing in a few days time we've got a February cohort joining across the business of about 12 I think something along those lines um that's just always a, a really fun time mm. you know, seeing people really up for a new challenge and really wanting to grow um so that's something that I'm really looking forward to I think fantastic some amazing things on the agenda for you then that's incredible if people want to reach out and get in touch then which i'm sure they will probably some listeners from leeds might be a little bit interested in what's going on is it best if they get in touch on uh, linkedin or twitter or what's best for me from that linkedin without a doubt um i've got to admit i'm not very good with twitter um i've, I've just never got into it one of these days i really should but yeah <laughs> linkedin, linkedin, linkedin on linkedin for anyone yeah. that wants to wants to get into the great thing about having a bit of a strange surname really easy to find I know, yeah. me too. I'm the only one. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for your time today, Sam. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was really nice to speak to you and really excited to come and meet you finally face to face at some oh, point. No, it'd be nice to have oh, a drink with you and some nice food. That's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> See you later. Fantastic. Take care. Cheers. We would like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. It means a lot to us and we really appreciate your support.